Hello, and welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. If you don't want a cookie-cutter, generic home, and instead you want a beautiful, meaningful home that's layered with personality, then you are going to be so inspired by the conversations we have on this show. We talk about why the environments we create matter and how to set up our rooms to evoke specific feelings and experiences that are right for you wherever you are in your life right now. I'm Zandra, your host and creator of the Slow Style Home Framework that teaches you how to make really thoughtful and informed decisions about your home rather than chasing current trends that may not last or staying stuck with rooms you hate, feeling overwhelmed with too many choices. Right now, when you join our monthly membership, the Slow Style Society, you'll get a personalized deep dive into your vision of what a dream home looks and feels like. And together, we'll come up with a plan on how to achieve that. If that sounds pretty awesome to you, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society for all of the details. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later on. Right now, let's just jump into today's episode. Hey there, are you ready? Are you ready? Because today is the day when you start figuring out how to create a home you love. Right now, with what you already have and in the home you are currently living in. I'm Zandra, your host of the Style Matters podcast, brought to you by Little Yellow Couch. And listen, I truly believe that you shouldn't put off living inside something beautiful and energizing and nurturing for some kind of imaginary perfect life that is somewhere in the future. You need those things right now. So for this show, we talk about how to create a home that feels meaningful and works beautifully. If you're listening because you're overwhelmed by conflicting advice and too many choices, or you're listening because you've never felt very creative when it comes to decor, or maybe you're here because you're just as obsessed with design as I am and you can't wait to dig into creating that beautiful home, welcome. This community of listeners is your people. You found us, and I am so glad you're here. I hesitated on the title I chose for this episode. I ended up calling it What You Really Need to Know as a First-Time Homeowner. But honestly, the things Jessica Velasquez talks about with me today are things that apply to everyone, from renters to first-time buyers to long-time homeowners. So no matter what, you're going to get a lot from this episode. What makes this conversation a little different is that Jessica Velazquez specializes in helping first-time owners through the particular challenges they face. I also want to mention here, just because it doesn't come up in our conversation, that Jessica has a free guide that kickstarts your living room. You'll learn all about her five decor superpowers, how to SOS your space, and her four easy steps to creating a cohesive design. I'll link to it in the show notes page of this episode. Here's Jessica. Jessica Velasquez, welcome to the Style Matters podcast. Thank you, Zandra. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here with you. Wonderful. Well, I uh, when I discovered you and your mission, 
I got so excited. I, I feel like you have this really kind of a really nice focus on a particular group of people who are at a very particular stage in their lives, which is first time home buyers. But before we dig into that, I want to hear about you. How did you come to the realization that people need a particular kind of help with the first home that they buy? What drew you to to really focusing on this? When we bought our first home in Panama, uh, we were very excited. It was in the right location where we wanted it. We had to renovate it. Um, there were things that it, it was an older home, but it was beautiful. We loved it. Mm. And we came in. We took possession with a lot of dreams, Sandra. We were gonna, you know. Like, I think everyone does, right? Like right? the first your first home. There, yes, the potential is is so huge. Oh yes, and as an interior designer, I had the mentality that I was either going to go big. Okay. Or go home. And if I was going to renovate the floors, might as well do the, the kitchen cabinets. And if I was going to do the kitchen cabinets, why not just open up the kitchen to the dining room like I wanted? Anyways, the list of things kept piling up and I did not have the budget. <laughs> and a year passed and then two, three, four, five. I did a few things here and there, painted, furnished. But the vision that I had, that dream home that I had in my mind, was in the future. I kept living in the future instead of enjoying the home that oh. I was at the moment. Yes. I dreamt and dreamt and lacked the planning. Mm-hmm. And we des- by then, we decided that we were going to move back to Canada. And we did a lot of the renovations. But guess who enjoyed it? <laughs> the next <Not> people. <laughs> my buyers did. Right. I said to myself, you know what? This is very common. First time homeowners come with a lot of dreams, but they lack the planning because they believe they don't have the money and they keep dreaming and dreaming, not enjoying the home they have now. They keep Uh, living in that dream home that they want to get, but they don't plan for it. So I decided I am going to focus on this group of people, my people, (laughs) and help them tackle those dreams and make them a reality. I I remember um, I had a friend who was selling her house and uh, she finally had the walls painted. And she said, I am so sad that I waited until now when Mm -hmm. I'm selling my house to paint the walls. Why didn't I do this for me? Very, very common. Um, and like I said, I know both sides of the door because I hear it again and again. And I've met with so many first-time homeowners. They spend a year or two wondering what to do yeah. and thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. I don't know if it's going to look the way I want it to be. I, I find that they have the very common question. My top three questions that I've discovered from talking to many first-time homeowners. Um, I don't know how much it's going to cost. Mm-hmm. Will it look the way I want it to look? Mm-hmm. I don't know where to start. And those three keep them in the in the dreaming and pinning and not acting with intention. Yeah, I because those three questions are so big, they are they absolutely induce feelings of overwhelm. Yes. And you know, what you do is help he, it break those questions down in a much more manageable pieces. And it sounds like you kind of hold two things in your mind at once or, or encourage other people to, 
to hold two things in their minds, which is one, live now, love your home now in what with whatever limitations you think it has or with whatever um uh you know restrictions that you believe it has. And also don't just dream about the future, try to actually do something about it. So it's it's kind of an interesting place to live in that you are, you know, you're you're kind of living in the moment and yet also actively pursuing your dreams. Is that accurate? Yes, yes. Actively pursuing would be the right way to describe it. I call it intentional planning. Yeah. Because um and, and I talk about my three pillars of design, which are clarity, vision, and planning. When you okay, break those out for us a little bit. Sure. The the clarity comes when we are clear about what we need, the priorities, why those um, needs are priority, and our ideal budget. If we are clear with those things, then we can move to the next step. Many times, and I find this, that homeowners will start buying things because it's on sale or because it looks good on the store, a catalog, website, Instagram, but it is not compatible to what they need or their space or their budget. And then Mm -hmm. they're spending to then realize I spent most of my money in X, you know, in the bed. And now I don't have enough for the dressers. So when we have clarity as to what we need and why, that guides our decisions. And our budget, even though some people may think it's limiting, it's actually liberating. Because mm. when you have control of your spending, then you know where your money is being allocated. And you know that you are if you are over budget, you know how to tackle it. And it's, it's an intentional decision. Then once you have clarity comes the vision. If we have a vision of where we're going, and this applies to anything in our lives, specifically here for our homes, if we have a vision, then we can guarantee that our purchases and our decisions are aligned with that vision. And it answers the question of, will I like it? Because if you have a vision and you work with a mood board, yes, you know where you're going. And even if your decisions are not exactly what you put on your mood board, you have a very good idea of what goes well with that end result. And your third? The third pillar is the planning. And the planning goes hand in hand with the budget. When we have a vision and I work with a shopping list, so I, I encourage um, my participants, I have a group called Pins to Reality, and I teach the participants how to go through all these three stages. So the shopping list is key in all these three stages. The last one being planning. Once, you, once you're working with a shopping list, then you can plan ahead and set, say, for example, um, I'm going to tackle my vision in three stages. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, of course, you go back to your clarity. You know what you need first. You buy that first and then your second, your third, you know, as many stages as you need based on your budget and based on your planning and, and your, your, the, your timeline as well. Even if that takes you five years, you're doing something and you're acting with intention, letting sales, you know, Black Fridays, determine yeah. your style. You're determining it, not yeah. the prices because, oh, it looks good here and it's cheap and it's inexpensive. Once you make that decision, that becomes a constraint for the next decisions. Yes. Then you start boxing yourself in. That's right. And then all of a sudden you're spending more than you would have if you had actually waited and bought a something of quality, not, you know, not necessarily on sale because you're now compensating for the item that you bought that was on sale that, you know, you didn't necessarily really love in the first place. A hundred percent. 
It occurs to me that one of the unique aspects of being a first-time home buyer is that you're often also coming to the home with very little. You don't yeah. you're not moving one home to another where you already have most of your furniture. You may not have much. And so there there's this feeling that that I think leads to the feeling of overwhelm of I have to do it all at once. I have to buy everything right away. And what what do you think about that? How do you deal with the fact that somebody might be coming without much much to furnish their homes? Very common. If this particular homeowner has the budget and may not be confident with their decision-making, they can hire someone. Mm -hmm. If they have the know-how and a limited budget, they could probably do a lot of things on their own Mm -hmm. because they go to the DIY route. But when you combine both of them, the limited budget and the lack of know-how, then that becomes the villain for the first-time homeowner. So how do, how do we deal with that? For me, is the planning. If they tackle their, their decoration projects, the way they tackle their mortgage, things get easier. We don't buy a home from one day to another. We don't wake up saying, oh, I want to buy a home. I'll go to the bank or the broker, and here it is. You usually find out how much the price of the home is what you qualify for. You have a plan. You start keeping, you know, your credit score where it should be or eliminating debt or increasing your income until you're ready, but you're working towards it. It's Mm -hmm. the same thing with your decor projects. You find out how much it is. You find out how you can divide it in stages and you start working. So if you tackle, you know, in stages, let's say I'm going to tackle the wall in my entrance first. Mm-hmm. You're moving towards the goal instead of waiting until you have everything you think you need to then start it. You wasted years. Before we continue with the conversation, I want to jump in here for a minute and introduce you to my slow style approach to creating a home you love. Just like it sounds, slow style means taking your time and letting your home evolve by responding to what's going on in the rest of your life and reflecting who you are and who you want to become. Now, I know that sounds really abstract, but I don't want you to think that slow style means you're just waiting around for inspiration to strike. I know you need practical, hands-on ways to actually develop your signature style. And that's what I'm passionate about, taking the mystery out of creative thinking when it comes to design and helping you define what your dream home actually looks like. And the best way to start is to get really clear on what your style is. Now, I'm not talking about style categories like I'm farmhouse or I'm boho. I'm talking about a one of a kind definition that is very specific to who you are. And we've got a blueprint that will help you do just that. It's our free style guide. I'll walk you through some questions and get you thinking about how you want to show up in your home. Just go to littleyellowcouch.com and click on the free style guide button right there on the homepage. I can't wait to see what you come up with. And I'm going to ask you, so don't be surprised when we start having a back and forth conversation about your home. I'm all in and I hope you are too. All right, let's get back to the episode. Are there particular rooms or particular kinds of projects that you suggest people start with or conversely, things that you definitely think you need to wait on and live in the house for a little bit before you make a decision on? We'll be back after a quick break. 
assume you're here because you want a one-of-a-kind, personality-filled home, right? Well, in order to have that, you need to define and develop your signature style. When you do that, you're going to understand how to mix what you already have with new things you find, focusing on who you are and what you love, putting it all together in a cohesive way. So what's stopping you? Well, let me know if this sounds about right. Not enough time, not enough money, and a lack of creativity or design knowledge, which makes you feel overwhelmed and insecure about pulling the trigger and changing things up. This is why I created the Slow Style Society, to help you take action on making your dream home a reality. It's part social club for people who like to just geek out on design and part hands-on learning experience where you get better and better at making decor decisions for each room in your home. And for the next few weeks, I'm offering all new members an additional one-on-one style session with yours truly. So I'll take you through the lessons so you know exactly what to focus on inside the Slow Style Framework in what order, and you'll have a personalized support system from me to get you there. Go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society so we can get started right away. Let's not wait for that imaginary perfect time to create your beautiful, meaningful home. Again, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society. Okay, back to the episode. That's an interesting question. I always start asking them about their lifestyle Mm -hmm. and I recommend that they start with the room that will create the most positive impact in their lives. Mm. So if this particular person works at home, then I would encourage them to tackle that. If they have children and the children need a place to study or a place to play, then, and that will create a bigger impact in their lives and start there. I love that question. That's, a, that's just a different question. That's, well, like you said, it's very intentional. It's, it's a way to um, prioritize and get clear on what is important to you. Okay, keep going. That's, that's great. Yeah, I find that a lot of people want to start in the living dining room, mm-hmm. because it's the social area. We yeah. tend to go towards the areas that others will see the most. Right, exactly. And then leave the bedroom, you know, yeah, bedroom, office area, unattended. But this is a place where you usually go every day mm. to rest or or to work if it's the office. So is that helping our lifestyle? Is that supporting the person we want to be, the, the family dynamics? I suggest that, you take a really good look at your family dynamics and come up with, you know, what is what room in your house will support the life you want to create the most? Well, and what will have the biggest impact, you said, on my life, like immediately? What, what can I do immediately that will make me start loving this home? Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, let's say you walk in and the kitchen is horribly outdated. I mean, really, really unattractive. But that might not be the first place you're going to work because you know that a full-blown kitchen renovation is a big commitment. Maybe maybe it's better to, to do a smaller project when you first move in that will still have a big impact, is what you're saying, I think. Yes. And you know what? Now that you mentioned that, it just made me think about the entrance. 
I have a client who decorated her walls and put a lot of pictures on them. She calls her her happy wall. Uh-huh. This happy wall welcomes her every time. I think everyone should have a happy wall. Uh-huh. Yep. And it's a very small project if you think about it. Whether it's a can of paint and photos that you already have and frames that you can find at a thrift store, that would motivate you to do one more wall or one more corner. But we got to start somewhere. And we have to feel that empowerment that I can do this. And I don't have to have a huge budget and I don't have to have it all figured out. And I don't have to buy everything from scratch. But that little piece of wall that welcomes you and inspires you and, and helps you feel at home will be your kind of your jumping start. Yeah, it snowballs. I, I, I do. I love that, that, you know, to something small, it's going to motivate you to keep going for the big things. Whereas if you start too big, you might stop halfway through because it's too big. Yes. You have a series of posts on Instagram about limiting beliefs. And I think that these are around limiting beliefs about what our home can be, uh, about what we're able to do with it, about whether or not it can be our dream home. Um, Can you talk about some of those? There are nine of them. I can run through them quickly and then mention the two that are the most prevalent in my audience. So the first one is I have kids. And (laughs) that is a limiting belief all by itself. I have kids. I have kids. Therefore, I cannot have the the type of home I want. I will wait until I don't have kids at home anymore. Yes. Very common. The second one is the one I had. I mentioned the go big or go home. Mm -hmm. And I think this is very common even in interior designers. Uh Um, The third one is I don't care about how my house looks. It's only me here. Oh, and yes. That's a kind that's sad because yes. even if it's just you looking at your bedroom or your bachelor's apartment, you are worth it. Yes. Number four, I don't have the time. The fifth one is beautiful homes are expensive. Mm-hmm. Believe that you can only have a beautiful home if you have a lot of money and a big budget is wrong and is not serving us. Right. Number six, this is not my forever home. So I will wait. Oh, oh, yes. This is not my forever home. So therefore, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yes. Number seven, this is not my house. I'm renting. It really doesn't matter. And you know what? And I think you'll agree with me. A lot of people rent for a long time. And even if you're renting for just two years, you are worth it. And the time you're spending there for two years you know, like 800 days, it is worth the change. It is. And the last one, number nine, I'm not good at decorating. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not creative. I'm not good at this. So which two do you want to talk about? What do you think are the ones that that we need the most help, uh, you know, untraining our brain around? To me, it's number five and number nine, that beautiful homes are expensive and that I'm not good at decorating. Those two beliefs will keep us in the dreaming and away from actually acting with intention. You, you'll keep thinking, I don't have the money. When in fact, you and I know that there are a lot of projects that we can do, small ones, little by little. You can go the thrift way shopping. Yes. You can, you can, a can of paint will go a long way. It will. <laughs> you could use your kids' drawings and artwork and decorate your walls. 
You can use textiles. You can use the things you've bought abroad in your trips and use them to infuse personality in your walls. And those things don't take a lot of money. Again, once we taste that, that, that little happy wall, I know that people will be motivated to say, okay, I'm ready to do one more. Right. The I'm not good at decorating is very, very common. In fact, I have people that will say, I'm really good at choosing my wardrobe, but Mm. not at choosing colors for my walls. And I think that's a deserving belief. I think a lot of people will be surprised once they know where to start and what to aim for, they will find out that I can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe, Maybe there are things that you would need help with. Maybe there are things that you can hire people, but just thinking I'm not good at decorating and staying in that space is not serving us. You mentioned when you are stuck in the dreaming phase, you mentioned something about pinning. And I know that you're referring to Pinterest. And and I love that because, yeah, there's there's a whole rabbit hole that we can go down on Pinterest where we just start pinning all this stuff (laughs) and then we never do anything with it. And I know you use Pinterest with your clients. So I'm really curious, how do you use it? I'm I'm betting it's a little bit differently than the way a lot of people pin, which is just sort of randomly and, oh, this is pretty and I'm going to pin it. So I call it pinning with a purpose. The opposite of that is just pinning and dreaming and keeping a beautiful collection of rooms. Pinterest will not create your home. <laughs> My advice to anyone who loves Pinterest, and, and we're saying Pinterest, but you could be in any platform, you could be saving photos on your phone or on your computer. Let's, right. let's continue with Pinterest. So go to go to Pinterest and pin photos of rooms that you like. Let's say we're going to work on the bedroom. So I tell my clients, pin bedrooms, but don't limit yourself to just bedrooms. You may find things that inspire you in a hotel lobby, mm-hmm. in a restaurant, in a store. So find inspiration and pin them. Once you've pinned them, locate or determine the common denominators. Go into those photos and determine, oh, you know, most of my photos have blue or most of my photos are monochromatic or most of my photos have a lot of colors and symmetrical wall galleries to Mm -hmm. to name a few things. So now you start defining your style. You start determining what is it that you like? Because if you're attracted to these photos, there's a reason for that. And you want to identify those things to then incorporate them into your room. Then I actually tell them, define the mood. What is it that you like in this particular group of photos? Let's take one, for example, and, and look at it. How does that feel to you? Mm-hmm. Does it feel calm and relaxed or fun and inspiring? Forget about the names of the style. Forget about saying it's eclectic or farmhouse or organic or boho. Forget right. about the names and concentrate on the feel and the mood of the room. And once you've identified that, then take a really good look at those photos and determine what is it in those photos that helps you feel that that room is relaxing or fun or whatever you determine it is. 
those will become the the elements of your style. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that the single most important thing I've ever done to kind of train my eye, so to speak, mm-hmm. is to dig so deeply into photographs of rooms that I liked and just ask myself, why? Why do I like it? What, Or even maybe a better way to put that is what specifically do I like? Is it is it the, it might be the exposed brick wall, which I cannot do anything about. I don't have. So I, you know, don't be surprised that when I buy the exact same furniture that is in this photograph, that it's not going to feel or look that way in my own home. If I don't have that exposed brick wall, like I, I think sometimes it can be a reality check too, when you, when you really pay attention, because I think we tend to fall in love like you said, with moods that are created, which is wonderful because then they can guide us. Um, But but at the same time, I, I think that remembering that it's the mood that you're trying to recreate, not just copying piece by piece what you see necessarily in a photograph. You got it. And I like how you said that you've trained your eyes. I, I tell my clients, become the room scanner. It takes time, it takes time to develop. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people like it, but you and I know that designers spend the most time identifying what their client likes. We don't go straight into shopping for them. Right. Jessica, I want to hear your particular take on my question. Why does style matter? I've thought about this a long time. There is an undoubtedly an undeniable relationship between our physical spaces and our emotional well-being. We have, I have been in multi-million dollar penthouses, but I've also been in very humble homes in the islands of the indigenous groups in Panama, mm. where they have tin roofs and dirt floors, and they still have a cutout from a magazine that they love pinned to their walls. Oh, yeah. As human beings, we are naturally driven to creating pretty places around us. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, beauty, we need it. We need it. And beauty has nothing to do with a particular style or a price tag. And everything to do with how we feel about it. And a clear example will be if I am a person that loves entertaining, but I'm embarrassed of my living room, Mm. my entrance, I won't invite a lot of people over. Right. And yet... That's the lifestyle I want to live. So which leads me to my next answer, the part two of this answer. Let's style, follow lifestyle Mm -hmm. and start there. Because if we're clear, if we arrive to clarity as to what kind of home serves us better, supports us, creates environments that that are making it easy for us to tackle our everyday tasks, then we style them and make them pretty boy, we have a winning combination for the house that will really support us and welcome us. Jessica, what I love about you is that you have made me feel so hopeful. There's something about you that is just so optimistic and um, making me feel like, you know what, we could do this, We could, which is, I think, probably how you make your students feel. So I'm, I'm so happy to have met you and to have had you on the show. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Zandra. This has been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I hope that was helpful and inspiring 
do check out our website, littleyellowcouch.com, where you can see photos and links from this episode, learn about my slow style approach to design, and grab your free style guide to get you started on your signature style today. Have a great week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.